Welcome to another episode of Bound and Determined. You are about to meet Amanda Bolin. I first heard about Amanda, more accurately, I heard Amanda, as hers was the first podcast I ever listened to, through She Did It Her Way, the digital platform she founded and ran from 2015 until 2021. Her podcast grossed over 3 million downloads across the globe, hashtag goals, (laughs) and today, Through her business, Attention Audit, she teaches business professionals how to funnel their time and their energy into the right activities that create massive results in their business. Together in our conversation, we reflect on the power of the pause and the pivot, and Amanda shares so many nuggets of gold to help us make the most of the same 24 hours of every day that we have. It's not a conversation here if we don't talk about them. Yes, boundaries are on the menu, too. For all of the people-pleasing perfectionists out there, this one is for us. Off we go. Amanda, I'm, I'm having a moment. I'm having a moment because you were one of the very first women who I fangirled from afar about mm. or to when I first made the decision to leave my corporate nine to five and go out on my own. And you were... Um, you had done your own thing. You were doing your own thing. You were building your own business and your brand. And and I just was like a fly on the wall for any any conversation, any anything that you mm. put out there in the world. And your business has shifted since then. Mine has as well. But one of those earliest connection points was your podcast. And when I made the decision that a podcast was the right thing for me and the growth of my business, you were the one like the cool big sister, older cousin who had all the answers. And I was like, I'm Uh, just going to do it like Amanda does it. And um, at the time you had a course, I took your course. And within, I think a weekend I had launched the show and you were then and in a million other ways, just a great inspiration and guide for me as I got started. So to be in this moment, having this conversation with you, Mm -hmm. I'm a little, I'm feeling some feelings. So thanks for being Yeah. Well, my pleasure. And thank you for just having me on the podcast. I'll I'll be honest. It's kind of surreal for me to be here and to be on a podcast just in like to see you because I feel like I have grown, gone through like so many different lives, if you will. And so it's a total different iteration of myself today than it was three, four years ago, probably, or even five years ago when we first met. And it's just really cool how the way the world works. Yeah. And I think that's that's a whole other unanticipated takeaway that you can't know when your paths cross with someone, what life's going to hand you and offer you and the, the things we're going to say yes to and the things we're going to say no to and our alignment's going to shift and our connection to our work is going to shift and our priorities are going to compete and we're going to make different choices. And I, I also learned that from you, that when you decided that the initial business endeavor that we connected through wasn't the right thing mm-hmm. for you anymore, the way that you moved through it and sort of closed that chapter and then started another also gave me this sense of relief that if at any point this wasn't the right thing for me, that I could pivot and that it would be okay. And so like your, your leadership by example through authenticity and, and staying true to who you are, like that also has been a huge source of inspiration for me. So, oh, well, thank you. 
Oh, that I'm like, where do we go from here? That's it. Podcast is over. I know, right? <laughs> you just, you don't know. And I think that's the lesson I'm taking away already. Um, So the, my podcast launched, I just went back and looked in January of 2020. Wow. You know, I don't often go back into the archives, but I did recently went back and listened to the very first episode of the first season and just sort of like cringed my way through it. I mean, the production quality has improved and my, my expertise as an interviewer has improved my own confidence in sharing and disclosing. And I've really leaned into my role as the guide in these conversations. And it's just, it's this moment in time that's kind of marked, well, not forever. It's only there until I decide to stop hosting it, right? Like, or to make it go away so we can unravel all of that. You know, I'm just, I think about all of the little tidbits that I learned, one of which was we just started the seventh season and- in our minds, one of the things I learned from you is like seasons are annual, they're 12 months. And you gave me permission when I started this to release a single season, commit to mm-hmm. eight episodes. And if after eight episodes, you're like, mm, this isn't for me, you can sort of quietly back away, shut it down, no harm, no foul. It's when we commit on day one that we're going to do one episode a week for the rest of our lives that we feel the weight and the magnitude of having to keep going when that alignment shifts and when it no longer makes sense in our life and business. And so I do exactly that. I record eight episodes. I take big, long breaks because this is a lot of work. Um, I have Mm -hmm. tried at different points to involve third parties in the back end of the podcast. And I just can't, that control thing, I can't let it go. It's just so important to yeah. me. And it's an extension of my heart, these conversations. And so I keep a lot of that um, in-house, but we're back and I'm back and it feels good. And the energy always, always comes back around after I take a break. Yeah. That the taking the break is so key to finding the, getting the energy back and also taking a pause, which can be really scary in dependent upon where you're at in a journey. And I've learned now many years that if I'm feeling overwhelmed, the best thing I can do is just take a pause and take a break because nothing good will come if I'm just trying to produce and to create because I think I should, as opposed to just getting quiet and taking space. Um, Yeah. Can we stay there? Like, how is that for you? I mean, I've always seen you, you know, so many of us do. I've, I've obviously met you in person. We have rapport built, but a lot of what I see is, is through social media. And as we know, social media isn't always reality. And so for no. someone like you, who always seems to have it together. Oh my gosh. You, and you, and even when you don't, you do, you're not that like, Oh, my backgrounds are perfectly curated on Instagram. It's more like, I got this, I'm going to figure this out. And I love that. I've always loved and admired that sort of calm mm. confidence in you, but what is that? I mean, pop the hood. What, what actually yeah. is happening oh my for gosh. you in those moments? I need to take notes a little bit because these are, (laughs) I I was fun. I was just doing a sales training. We were talking about how like some of the best sales people don't even know that they're so good at what they do because they just do it unconsciously. So when someone says to them, like, how did you do that? They're like, what do you mean? And hearing you say those things, which, oh my gosh, thank you. And I'm also thinking, wait, what? No, because in my mind, like the calm confidence, girl, please. Um, which I don't, that's so funny about the interpretation of how just as a good conversation as a whole of we are so as individuals and as humans all up in our mind so often about what we are doing, what it is perceived as, 
And oftentimes I think we think it is worse than what it is. And by this exchange of conversation, and clearly I have thought it was worse than what it is or was. And I think that, gosh, if I had to think about it, I mean, I obviously took a, I took a, a pretty decent sized break when I shut down, she did it her way in 2021. So at the end of 2021, which I knew and probably, I probably knew you can actually, I, I still have the podcast up. So if anyone's really curious, they can go back and listen to the final episode. But I think it's a really great episode for anyone who is contemplating and kind of questioning what it is that they're doing. And for me, I had known probably a year, year and a half leading up to when I actually shut, she did her way down that I probably should have moved. I quote unquote should have, but everything happens in due time that it would have probably served me. It could have served me better to like end it sooner. But again, I don't know. And I think that every journey that we're all on is here for a reason. And I do think that we can influence decisions. And so we just get better at acknowledging and noticing when something is out of alignment and we can catch ourselves and kind of get back into it. And so I stopped producing and I stopped selling and coaching all my digital products, everything at the end of 2021, which podcast your way was one of them. And I love, I am, I've realized over the years and I've come more to it, especially with now what I'm doing, I'm very systems process oriented. And so I love structure, routine organization, not from a place of like, we need to do more and your worth is tied to your productivity. It's actually the opposite. Like how can we do only, first of all, how do we get clear on what is important to you? And what are your values and use those as a filter to make decisions about how you want to invest your time. And that actually in turn is allowing you to be more efficient with your time and energy. So you are spending less time outside of it. And back to the, she did her way. It felt so good to, to, just to close it. I was like, yep, this chapter's closed. And it was like, once I admitted it to myself, it felt a weight was lifted. And so all of 2022, I majority of 2022, I essentially, was it 2021? Now I'm getting you guys, this is what, what is COVID time? does. Like, no, what you know time? what it's the end. It is at the end of 2020 was when, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Your audience is like, we don't care about this. But now my brain is like, no, no, no. I want to get the timeline correct. So it was at the end of 2021, when I decided to move fully away from She Did It Her Way. And then it was probably about a good six months, seven months that I then was like, oh, I know what I want to do. I'm really like, I gave myself space for things to breathe. I was still working with clients from a subcontract standpoint and had still doing time management and sales training for them on behalf of their clients. But as far as like, what is that thing specific to me and how does it flow together in my life? That didn't come until mid to late 2022, which is now attention audit. And the whole focus is helping solopreneurs, business owners first understand like, what are those values and where do they want to spend their time and help them develop the skill of like, of the thought process and, and thinking through the things that they need to think through when it comes to goal setting and then also managing their calendar I'm a big proponent of calendar blocking, which we could dive into that too at some point. And then also too, part of the managing the time is realizing that, okay, if you only want to work 30 hours a week or you only have 20 hours a week to give to your business, but all the things that you need to get done when you add it up, 
is going to take 40 hours a week, well, then we either need to remove things off of your plate, become more efficient by using software tools and systems, or hire a virtual assistant for two to three hours a week to help you get back that time, which is another way that I help my clients now. And I just, I love it. I love process. I love when we can, and again, it's not to say that my life is designed by process all the time. Like I'm certainly in and out of it. And now we've gotten away from your original question about the Instagram and the calm confidence, which I, I tend to, the plane will take off, but then it lands. Uh, I didn't know I was doing that. I do not feel like it is calm confidence, but great. That is coming off as calm confidence. And I, I think I've just gotten really good at a couple of things. One not being afraid to fail and being okay to just try something. So for example, when you said, you know, produce eight episodes and then redecide if you like it. I think so often, and I used to do this, was that like we as humans will talk ourselves out of doing things because we think 20 steps ahead. And if that seems or feels overwhelming, which why wouldn't it if we're thinking 20 steps ahead, we then don't feel inspired or we don't feel confident to take the action. So we never do it. So my whole thing is how do you trick yourself to get into action? And you do that by bringing the timeline in closer. You do that by shrinking this massive hurdle that your brain wants to think of. And so rather than thinking you need to commit to a year worth a year's worth of content for a podcast, just tell yourself, if I can do eight episodes, then I can redecide. And we can always go back. My husband and I moved across country to Charleston, South Carolina from the Midwest. And people are like, aren't you going to miss home? Like, it's going to be so hard. And I was waterworks like two, three weeks leading up to leaving my family in Iowa. But I was like, we can always redecide. We can always redecide anything. And knowing that I believe gives great relief in not putting so much pressure on ourselves to make something work. There's so much we can go into. There's so much, but you just, I've never heard this phrase or this terminology re-decide. Yeah. To me is like the loving, gentle way to talk about either failure or missed expectations, or it's that giving yourself permission to say yes, for it to not maybe go the way that you thought it might, or the way that you planned or hoped and re-decide. I love, I just love it. I love that gives me permission in a sense. Yes. I think that's really beautiful. I think, and it just, it takes the weight off of it. I think a lot of times, and I did this, including myself, where I thought everything was set in stone and it had to be a certain way. But then when you realize, and there's so much pressure that comes with it. But then when you think about, okay, I can always redecide. I can, you know, I was just thinking about which gym membership I wanted to sign up for. And I got caught up in my head and I'm like, listen, I can do just one month, see if I like it, redecide, trial it out, and then I can further into it. And from there it was like, oh yeah, okay, this is easy. This is good. So the redecide. I'm laughing because I'm going to make a big, bold statement that 100% of the listeners of this podcast identify as either a perfectionist or a people pleaser mm. or both. And a lot of the conversations that I have privately in DMs over on LinkedIn or people that mm. hit me up on my website, there's always like this quiet whisper of like, there's something mm. on my mind, there's something in my heart, but that people pleaser perfectionist comes out loud and clear mm. and tells her, don't do it. It's that whole, you know, amygdala, keep a safe, lighter fight thing that and yeah. we, we listen to it and we should listen to it. It's there for a reason. But what I love is how, by example, because you do disclose a fair amount about your own process, um, which I, I think is 
so helpful to those of us who are in it. And one of the things that as my business has grown, like it's not a baby business anymore. It's not a joke. It supports me. I have a beautiful life. You know, it's been an evolution to get here, but when you're in the mess of it, it's not always helpful to have these like big, loud expert types say to you, just do it this way. Just do these five steps and you're, you'll reach utopia because mm. utopia feels so far away when you're not sure how you're going to pay your mortgage or if there's going to be groceries next week. And for a lot of people, when they make that leap from corporate to self-employment, mm-hmm. that's the reality. You know, there isn't a safety net. There isn't an exit plan. And so those are real. Those can be really dark moments. They were for me. That's mm. for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Valid. Plus one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm. I think a couple, I mean, you mentioned like the people pleasing and then the perfectionism, which is definitely something that a lot of us experience. And I think it goes back again. How can you take tiny action today to like build that momentum to maybe you aren't comfortable or in the space and have the capacity to say no to something or someone just yet, but where can you find the easy nose to practice getting that momentum in your life to like really pause and honor. And I think the, the one thing that I would say to, is just to even bring awareness. So before you respond, cause this is a really big thing that a lot of clients and students that I work with around the time management and feeling like their time is not their own and that they're doing all of these things, but they're not really seeing the results in their business. And when we actually take a look at it, there's a lot of times, oftentimes, they're saying yes to things that don't actually funnel up and impact the overall goal. And they don't align with the value that they have set out. So I also talk about seasonal values being a really big thing. And you can do a seasonal value for the whole year. You can do a seasonal value for different phases or times in your life. So if you want to do a seasonal value for the holidays coming up and like you want to prioritize just being present over everything being perfect, that's an example of a seasonal value. For me this year, it's simplify. I went through a crazy first, uh, from August, 2022nd to August, 2023rd, it was my husband and I had a baby or I had physically had the baby. And then, but we obviously grew as a family. We moved cross country. He changed jobs. We had people visiting us almost every single weekend. And then we went back to the Midwest in June, July, and August. So like, there's so much going on that when I came back, I was like, simplify is my value because everything that I do or don't do in my business and in my personal life has to funnel up to simplify. And so if I'm trying to make a decision, is this simplifying my life or is it not? And going back to the people pleasing is really getting clear on what do you value? What is important to you? Because if you don't know what is valuable, what is important to you, what is your priority, then everything becomes a priority and then everything is diluted And it's really hard to protect what's on your calendar when you don't know why you're protecting it. Mm. And I think that is where bringing the awareness and pausing anytime someone asks you to do something rather than being in the habit of a knee-jerk reaction of saying yes is something to do. And then also understanding like people pleasing, we could do like a whole series on that because I used to be a massive people pleaser and my husband would say that I've now swung to the other direction quite aggressively. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't really care. And of course I do care, but it's also, I'm not afraid to put my needs above everyone else's needs. And sometimes that's perceived as selfish. And I think that if it is selfish, then I don't want to be anything but that because I know that when my cup is full and when I am taking care of myself, I am 
better to this universe, to this world, to the people around me because of that. And so finding like, what is the benefit? Like, yeah, there's so much we could dive into that. Yeah. Okay. So, so we're going to like bit, bit yeah. by bit. So the idea of seasonal core values, I love this. I have core values in my business, mm-hmm. which are 100% the guiding principles. And they're so in alignment with who I am as a human being, as a woman, as a business owner, but also this beautiful life that I've worked so hard and taken so many risks to build, which is freedom and flexibility with my time and my energy. And it's, it's at a point now, there are moments when I kind of take a step back and I do look at my calendar and I color code and I time block. I had to do those things in order to get here. I had to, Mm. on one hand, give myself permission to be selfish, to say no to things that might ultimately mm, not hurt other people, but disappoint other people or or leave people feeling wanting more. Also mm. advocating for compensation because yeah. at the beginning of my business, building my business, I was doing anything I could, everything for free, for nothing, for exposure, for an added girl. And none of that added to my bank account and allowed me to sustain my life. And so I mm-hmm. had to start drawing some boundaries around what do I do for free? What do I do for exposure? All of that sort of wrapped up into obviously the outcome, this business that I've created and I'm running, but the in-between of all of that was really messy. It's as much the reason, you know, this core values, I would argue it's the internal work and the external work. It's physically blocking the time on your calendar, Mm -hmm. but it's giving yourself permission to do it to allow yourself to do it, to show up differently, to run the risk of that people pleaser letting people down. Mm-hmm. That's where my mind goes when I think about in those moments. And now I do it like gleefully. Right. This week we're recording on what is it? Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. I have blocked. I use a fake appointment called Nope, N-O-P-E. Mark, the whole day is busy and I'll be working, but I'm not going to be on Zoom calls and I'm not going to be yeah. in and I'm not I have worked really hard to set realistic expectations for my clients and colleagues that I'm available when I'm available and when I'm not, I'm not. And that's a risk as a small business owner. But for me, it's more of a, it's a self-preservation tool. And it's also the reward when you take Mm. a risk like I have taken and you have taken, if you're not taking advantage of the upside, which is that flexibility then we're missing it. Like, what did we do this for? Yeah. And I think too, when you were saying how, I I think people respect you more when you have boundaries and when you're not afraid to be like, nope, this doesn't align. Nope, I'm not doing this. Thank you so much. And initially people might be a little stunned or a little, wait, who does she think she is or whatever? Who cares? I don't care. Well, anyway, (laughs) but I think people will ultimately respect that. I started working with a coach and I remember texting her who is also a friend of mine that I met like 10 years ago and I never got a response back. And I had like shared so much and I knew immediately I was like, I know what she's doing. She is protecting her boundaries. And I respect that. Like she did not engage, she did not say anything. And so I just love that because I think that's a demonstration of how important it is for all of us to really preserve and protect our time and energy and to really know like where we want to give it and where we want to invest it. Yes. Here's where I I have to check myself because this happens sometimes. I get all excited about this stuff and I lose sight of uh, the vast majority of women listening to this podcast are working inside uh, corporate America and in many cases are the breadwinner of a very active family, the head Mm. of household, whether they're parenting solo or coupled, but the breadwinner. And 
a lot of the things that you and I are talking about are not either easily accessible or accessible at all. And that's where I want to go. Like, I want to shift into the time management work that you're doing, Mm -hmm. which I loved when you announced this pivot. I was like, of course, like (laughs) so much sense for Amanda. And this is something that when I'm working with the insurance professionals that I work with comes up all the time. So I know you mentioned time blocking. I want to talk about like, let's get into the weeds a little bit because It's not possible. And I say this every episode, not everybody has the situation that I have, has the freedom, the flexibility that I have to do and take the chances that I have. And same for you, right? Like you've, mm-hmm. you've worked really hard to carve out this life that's not available to everyone. However, within your life, whatever your life might look like, there are these moments where we can realign and shift and make some even small tweaks that will help get us maybe a little bit closer to where we want to go. So what are you what are you seeing in the with your client relationships of course never disclosing sensitive information yeah. but what are the struggles and then what are the some of the things that you're working through um with them yeah it's really interesting with because some of the 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 clients that i work with through my core program attention audit accelerator they are solopreneurs business owners could be six figures multi six sometimes seven figures And then there are students or clients that work in a corporate job that want to become better time managers. And so some of them are similar because obviously the landscape is a little bit different in terms of being able to have flexibility and schedule when you are your own business owner versus if you are clocking in at nine and leaving at five. But one of the things that I find, and I, I love this is when it comes to calendar blocking, because not everyone, well, I think oftentimes people think calendar blocking is I've got to block out every 30 minutes with the specific thing that I need to do, but there's really three different techniques that people can do. And it's based on whichever one makes the most sense. And it still allows them to stay focused and get things done. And then there's another technique or tactic that I want to share too, that is really helpful, especially working in any business or corporation as well. But the first, like the three different techniques when it comes to calendar blocking is the specific time blocks, which taking a step back, I go through this process called the results planning method, which helps people really understand, okay, for example, what is one specific result or outcome that you want to produce by the end of the week? Great. We've got it. It's specific. Now we need to brainstorm an entire list of all the tiny actions that we need to take in order to produce that result. Let's order it and then let's put a timestamp on it. The timestamping is crucial because what that does is it allows your brain to get out of overwhelm and to really understand how much time it's going to take you to complete a specific task. A lot of times we're over underestimating because we're not actually going through the process. We think something's going to take an hour, so we let it take an hour. But in reality, could we have like encouraged ourselves to be a little bit more focused and could we've gotten it done in 30 minutes? Probably. And so going through that process, the last step of that process is then, okay, let's put it on our calendar because again, I think where a lot of times we get overwhelmed as individuals is that we overcommit and we overcommit because we're not actually working with the circumstance of our life, which we all have the same amount of hours in every single week. We all have the same amount of hours in every single day. The only way that we can get more back is if we scale or outsource or stop doing something. And so the last step of the results planning method is let's put it on your calendar. And the way that you put it on your calendar can be a couple of different things. It could be the specific time block. So if you say something's going to take 30 minutes, you put that 30 minute time block on your calendar. If you say something's going to take 15 minutes, 
you put that 15 minute time block on your calendar. That's one way. The second way is large time blocks. So rather than doing individual time blocks, you basically block out from like 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And it's spent on doing proposal reviews or whatever. The key is, is that you actually put in the description the task that you're going to do along with that timestamp. So you're still accountable to like working through that list because I think that's the other thing is people say, oh, I need to work on something, but it's really hard for the brain to get to work when something's vague. It loves specificity, which is why we have to be clear and specific on anything that we do, whether it's goals or outcomes. And then the third block is what I call the flexible time block. And so this is really helpful if you know that you have to get stuff done, but you're just, you can't commit to time frame specifically. You create a large time block for that day, or it could be for that week. And you put everything that you need to get done. Then that way, when you have a 30 minute time block randomly throughout the day, you can look at your list and say, okay, I can get to work on this. And you can kind of pick and choose. So that would be that's the tactical. And now that I'm saying this, I realize there's still so many things that go into it, which is what I teach. And it just, it helps like create that structure and also being able to go through that. We've had, um, or I've had uh, like a handful of people come through that are in sales roles positions and management positions. And so they're coaching their team and they feel like they're constantly in and out, in and out of the process. And so one of the things that I suggested that they, they started implementing was a standing office hour for 30 minutes, either every day or certain times of the week. And then that way, anytime people had questions, that was a designated time on the calendar where they could get questions. So what you're doing is, is you're centralizing all of these inquiries rather than here, there, this time, that time, that day, like you are centralizing it and giving it a bucket to where people can still get access and it might, it scales your time. That way you're not zapping your energy going in and out of the process every single day or having a Slack message come in or email. It's like, no, this is every week, like bring your questions here. That's when we talk about it. And you're going to free up so much time and energy on your calendar. I love it. I'm glad you kept going. I cannot make this up. I was literally the last call I had before we started recording this is with one of my one-on-one coaching clients. She's an underwriter for an insurance company. That's as jargony as we'll get here in talking about (laughs) insurance, but we are working on boundaries and working on protecting our time and our energy because we do a lot of switching in that particular role where you need this part of your brain for business development and you need this part of your brain for a very technical analysis. And then there's the random pop in the door, like, hey, do you have five minutes? And Ugh. in the theory around time blocking makes so much sense. Put every every task or every project in the container that it belongs and then align that with your energy. And when are you up and when are you down? And then make sure that your energy is in alignment with the work. I love that. Where the sticking point where the rub is always is when that person is standing in your doorway because the industry is still very divided. Lots of people still working remote lots of people back in the office and some are in between. So those five minutes, hey, can I pick your brain? Hey, Mm. do you have five minutes? To work the system in practice would be come back between 3.30 and 4 when I'm holding office hours. That's the time that I have set aside to answer those questions for you. That is so hard to do in practice, especially again, the people-pleasing perfectionist wants to be available and wants to be that Mm. resource. And so A lot of what we're talking about is the delivery, the communication. Sometimes it's managing up. It's letting your manager know 
like, Hey, I'm trying this new system out. I don't, I have more work than I can do in the hours that I have to do it in. I'm really committed to the work, but for me to be able to show up wholly and do a good job, I need to create these boundaries. And it works the opposite way too. You send that person away, they sort of waddle back to their cubicle and their feelings are hurt and they're feeling ignored. And it it's wild what is happening emotionally mm. inside our bodies and our minds and our hearts when we start to set boundaries. What is your what has your experience been with that in the work that you do, knowing that there is that very practical side of this, but there's also that squishy human side of it too? Yeah. I mean, it's a very emotional experience. One of the things, and you had brought this up too, is that sometimes proactively communicating our boundaries and plans to people is a lot of times can do the job. People don't know what they don't know. And sometimes we think that they know it. And that is getting ahead of it and proactively communicating saying, Hey, please do not like disturb. Can they, can you close the door? Can you put a sign on the door? Like how can you proactively set these boundaries? So you're removing or you're decreasing the amount of resistance you're going to experience when that rub hits and someone's there. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is like one of the tactical things that you could do. The enforcing a boundary is a very different than you know, proactively communicating the boundary. And I think this journey is different for everyone because it is so intertwined about our desire to please other people is entwined with how we are like, this is my assumption. This is based on my personal experience too, is that so often the re like, why are you, why do you find yourself people pleasing? And for me, I was people pleasing because I wanted people to like me. Well, why did I want people to like me? Because it validated me and it, it like I made it mean that it validated me. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of like what you're saying that internal undoing, unwinding. There's a lot of things from like childhood around like, yeah. why do we people please and all of it that it almost like there was this fear that if I didn't do what someone asked me to do or I couldn't help that I would be irrelevant. People wouldn't ask me again. And it almost came to like the point where that's where it goes back to like, how can we start to do micro boundaries so that we can build that capacity? Because anyone who's listening that would claim they're like a total people pleaser. And then I was like, just don't do it. Like their brain doesn't comprehend that. They're like, no, I can't like, thanks, but that's the worst advice ever. And so the way that we do it is just slowly start to build that muscle that then increases that capacity for it. And so then over time, you're not just lifting eight pound weights or lifting 20 pound weights. You're not just saying, you're not setting micro boundaries. You're setting like clear boundaries that you are confident in and that you are like, I'm setting these because it's a benefit to me. And that's the other thing. There's just like the over committing and think it's a deep mindset too, is that we think that we have to do all these things. And I would actually challenge, and I know that people might be listening and being like, she's crazy. Do you have to do all the things? Like, do you have to say yes to every single meeting you get invited to? Or can you go back to that person and say, I've got a lot going on. How important is it that I need to be here? What can I do instead of like attending live? Like rather than thinking it's an all or nothing mentality about how we spend our time, can we get creative? And can we take a step back and say, is it possible that I don't have to be on this call? Does this call even need to happen? Yeah. If it's an hour long call, how can we shrink it to 30 minutes? Because then that is going to crowd out the noise and get to the actual meat of the call. And a lot of time, I mean, going on time management, a lot of time meetings don't have clear set agendas, which is also another like 
time detractor of just people it like goes off and, and you know sometimes like this call didn't have a, an agenda but the agenda and the purpose of this call was to be free flowing mm-hmm. where i feel like most people in meetings don't want it to like some meetings might be free flowing but oftentimes people they see a meeting pop up and they're like oh god like what is this meeting about it's probably another useless meeting and then you're spending time in that meeting not actually getting your work done so then you take it home with you and then you're overwhelmed and it's this vicious cycle and it's like hold the phone and let's not push back but let's be curious about the commitments that are on the calendar. I think that we're all better for that. If we're sending yeah. out meeting invites for meetings that we don't know why we're having and someone questions right. why we're having and then that clear why we're having it and then that clarity comes that that helps everybody that's involved. I'm just laughing thinking about the old adage like a Zoom meeting that could have been a phone call and a phone call mm. that could have been an email and we try to in the spirit of good communication, we think we're over communicating when we're actually not communicating about the right things or as effectively mm. or directly as we could. And the psychology of that is wild. We won't go there today, but I want to bring this all around. We, I am reasonably sure we've talked about boundaries on every episode of this podcast. If mm-hmm. anyone is keeping track, I think we said the word like 47 times in this episode, <sighs> which brings take up a, total. Take a drink of co- coffee yeah, every exactly. time and you'll be super caffeinated. <laughs> brings the podcast total up to like 4,000 references to boundaries, but I don't think that we can talk about them enough in this balance mm. right now of preserving resources, preserving bandwidth, honoring our own integrity, showing up holy and authentically for all the relationships, personal and professional that we have in our life, the only way to get there is boundaries. I am a believer wholeheartedly. I mean, I've done the exploration I've done and I'm not done. It's a constant, there's a constant push and pull, a constant tug of war. I don't know when this episode will go live, but we'll be nearing your end. The holidays will be upon us. And that is a whole- Yeah. And for a lot of us in the insurance industry, the end of the year is also crunch time business-wise. And so this time when we would love to be present and decompress is often the most stressful time of the business year. And so it's a very, it adds another layer of challenge to boundary setting and boundary holding. But I think Mm -hmm. I know how important it is to be talking about them and also modeling them for other people. And I will, like you did, I love that. Oh, she's setting a boundary. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what's happening. And that's that feels a little uncomfortable, but that's exactly what's going on. Yep. And, and just every time you kept saying that, I think it's so much easier to set a boundary when we know what we value and what is important. And for some people, it might not have anything to do with work. Maybe what is important is your health. So maybe you're set. I was just thinking about this the other day. Like I'm, I got a glucose monitor because I got my blood work back that said I was pre-diabetic. And I think that all was as a result of having a really crazy stressful year and going into fight or flight way too much and all of that. And so subconsciously, one of my boundaries that I've put on is, is this going to make me stressful because I'm not here for it. And then I like, that's sort of a boundary limit. And that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes the boundary isn't necessarily about work or it's about family. It's about you. And it could be about this. You're putting a boundary around things that are stress inducing or that make you feel angry. And it's not saying that you're putting this bubble around you. You're just learning to get more in tune with yourself and to understand like how to navigate that. Yeah. Uh, I'm very open. I have an anxiety diagnosis, if you will. I work with a therapist. Um, We kicked off this season with an episode about sobriety, which is something that Mm. I've been navigating largely as a way to help manage and navigate anxiety. And I, this is all interconnected. And I, Mm. I will say 
it is a journey. I say that all the time. <laughs> it is a journey. It is an imperfect two steps forward, one step back journey. But from where I'm sitting today, it's worth it. Yeah, It is worth it to push back and to challenge yourself and your ways of thinking and the people around you. And are there mm. ramifications sometimes to setting boundaries? Uh-huh. Yeah. And that can lead to some really difficult conversations, especially in our personal relationships when people expect us to show up a certain way and then we don't um, when we change the rules to the game. But this moment in time, I'm team team boundaries. I love what you're up to. Where can people go to learn more about what you're doing through Attention Audit and just you in general? Yeah. So just go to attentionaudit.com and you can find the the, the podcast. You can find uh, the Attention Audit Accelerator. It's a live program that goes through all the fundamentals of like helping you kind of like clear out your calendar and get really clear and provide tools and things to help you go better at managing your time. And then also there's some other things there, but you can just go to the website. Awesome. Thank you. We could, we still have so much to catch up on, but but I love this. I love this moment in time that we've captured here. And thanks for saying that. Thank you so much for having me. This is beautiful. Thank you. You've been listening to Bound and Determined, a podcast supporting the women in insurance, just like you and me. The podcast is presented by Adjunct Advisors, LLC the quirky insurance consulting firm with the name no one can pronounce (laughs) that I founded in 2018 after a profound experience with burnout. This year marks my 24th in the insurance industry and my 45th in life. I leverage lessons learned in both in all of the work I do today. Sprinkle on top a little humility, a lot of humanity, and voila, here we are. The best way to stay up to date is via the monthly newsletter I curate, called To Taking the Risk. You can learn more about the newsletter as well as the work I do at adjunctadvisors.com. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And thanks as always for coming back. I'll see you next time.